uh, just uh, a couple lessons into our new series for Wednesday nights. And um, this series is called uh, uh, The Messiah in the Tanakh. Okay? And, and who remembers what that word Tanakh means? Um, well, if you remember the acronym, that's good. Very good, very good. And it's the equivalent of our Old Testament. Very good, very good. So um, we're going to look at tonight. Last week we, we began looking at the seed uh, of a woman, and we looked at that from Genesis 3.15. We're going to continue on that uh, theme tonight, and we're, we're going to, uh, the title for tonight's lesson is The Seed Through Abraham. The Seed Through Abraham. So again, uh, when we think of this uh, Wednesday night study, uh, I'd like us to accomplish three things uh, through this, um, it says Thursday night devotion there, but it's supposed to be Wednesday night devotion. Um, help us to be able to to witness to our Jewish acquaintances, okay? Now, there might, you might not know a lot of Jewish people, but, uh, um, you know, they're, they are here, and uh, if you ever uh, get to meet one, it will be a, a great opportunity to be able to, to share the Messiah with them. Number two, to help us understand the Jewishness of our faith. Um, I firmly believe with all my heart that Christianity is the completion of Judaism. So, so it's not like, oh, a separate uh, religion, but, uh, but it actually is the bedrock. It, 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 it's the foundation uh, for our faith. Uh, we, we worship and serve the Jewish Messiah. And uh, so we're very thankful for that. And then number three, to help us see the prophecies and the fulfillments of these messianic passages. So again, as I said, the books that make up our Old Testament, the Jewish people call the Tanakh. And when speaking with a Jewish person, please, 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 please don't say, oh, the Old Testament, okay? Because that will be a little bit insulting to them. So last week we saw the very first prophecy in the Bible. And the very first prophecy in the Bible is in Genesis chapter 3, and the significance of Genesis chapter 3 is that is the historical account of the fall of man when sin entered into the world. We know from reading um, Isaiah 14 and Ezekiel 28, uh, we know uh, about Satan's fall and sin, uh, the Bible tells us, was found in Satan. So Satan brought sin into existence and then he um, probably not too long after that came to earth tempted Adam and Eve and brought sin uh, into our existence or, or tempted us to sin and Adam then brought sin into our existence okay um, God did not cannot will not create sin okay uh, so uh, he allowed it, but he did not create it. So understand that. And, and so the very first prophecy 
in the Bible is from Genesis 3.15 and the promise of the seed of the woman who would crush the serpent's head. And today we're going to further develop that. So turn to uh, Genesis, first book in the Bible, Genesis chapter 22 and verse 18. And the prophecy of the seed through Abraham. Genesis 22, 18, the Bible says, And in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed, because thou hast obeyed my voice. Now last week we looked at this uh, uh, verse also, and we looked at the New Testament where, where Paul spoke in Galatians that the promise was made to Abraham's seed, singular, not seeds, plural. So the blessing to all of the world comes to us through one particular person in Abraham's family, not his whole family, okay? And we know that one particular person is the Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ. So let's follow this seed of Abraham. And again, last week we saw this verse, but just as a review, Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. Okay? So, the coming seed of a woman. Okay? So all we know at this point, there's coming a man that is going to crush Satan, the serpent's head. Okay, He will be injured, but it will not be a permanent injury, and we know the rest of the story. Uh, but, uh, and what, what happened? Jesus rose from the dead. But this seed of a woman would be engaged in a battle with the serpent. And notice in chapter 3 and verse uh, 20. And Adam called his wife's name Eve because she was the mother of all living. Okay? So this seed was going to come through Eve. Okay? Who is Eve? The mother of all living. Okay? All of us can trace our family roots back to Adam and Eve. Okay? And uh, we're all relatives. Uh, none of us came from monkeys, uh, apes, chimpanzees, fish that crawled, whatever the latest thing is. That's not how we got here. Uh, we got here from a, a divine act of God. Okay? And, and now, now notice chapter 4. Remember? Eve is the mother of all living. A man was going to come to 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 destroy the works of the devil. And Adam and Eve, who lived in paradise, in the Garden of Eden, because of their sin, what happened to them? They were cast out. And prior to the sin of Acts chapter 3, they knew only good. One of the things that Satan tempted them with, you'll know good and evil. Why in the world would you want to know evil? Why would you want to know bad? But now they do. They Lost Paradise, as Paradise Lost, if anybody has, has read that book, okay? And, uh, 
Uh, so in chapter 4, Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bare Cain and said, what's that last phrase? I've gotten a man from the Lord. Of course, Eve put her faith here in the wrong man because it was Cain who wound up killing Abel. But notice, though, already the messianic hope, if you will. Now look at chapter 25, um, I'm sorry, verse 25 and 26 of chapter 4. And notice what it says, Adam knew his wife again, and she bare a son and called his name Seth. For God said she hath appointed me another seed instead of Abel, whom Cain slew. And to Seth, to him also was there born a son, and he called his name Enos. And what does it say then? Then began men to call upon the name of the Lord. So it's very interesting, and many people will tell you when you're, you know, you're sharing the gospel with them, they will say, how could Adam and Eve's sin possibly have affected me? How could sin be passed on? Chapter 3, sin happens. Chapter 4, what happens? Cain kills Abel. Their children, sin is passed on to them, Cain kills Abel, okay? And then in, in, in the process of more time, Eve has Seth, okay? And Seth has another son, Enos, and men begin, begin to call upon the name of the Lord. This is the godly line. Now, chapter 5, we are not going to read all of chapter 5, um, a reoccurring phrase in chapter 5 is, and he died, okay? What did God tell Adam, the day you eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall surely die, right? So Satan comes and he plays on that and he says, you're not going to drop dead. You're not going to die instantly, Okay? But instantly, what happened to them? They died spiritually, okay? Because what did they do? They hid from God. But Adam, who was intended to live forever, because God breathed into him the breath of life, God, what kind of life does God have? Eternal life. He breathes into Adam life. Adam is supposed to live forever. And 900-ish years later, what does it say? And he died. Okay? But look at the end. So, so chapter 5 is the godly line of Seth. And look at the very last verse. Um, and Noah was 500 years old, and Noah begot Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Okay? So Noah... So the, the godly line goes all the way to Noah. And what is significant about, in chapter 5, telling us that Noah is in that line? What's going to happen in the next couple of chapters? Who's the only people that are going to be left? Noah, his sons, and all their wives. Okay, They're going to be the only people left because of the, the flood. So... So the godly line of Seth ends with Noah here, and, and then we'll, we'll pick it up in a, in a moment. But look at chapter 11, the table of nations, okay? 
And um, in the beginning, we, we uh, read of the Tower of Babel and uh, the confusion of language. What did God tell Noah and his sons to do when they got out of the ark? Go and uh, spread out over the face of the earth. Uh, but they didn't. They stayed together. They tried to build a tower to reach to God. Uh, Babel, since, since this time, Babel represents confusion. Okay? Uh, the Tower of Babel, the confusion of lions, uh, languages. Babylon, you know, anytime Babel is used, it's never used in a good context. And I, I hate that one language program you always hear advertised, you know, Babel. And uh, uh, what do we say when somebody's not making sense when they talk? Oh, they're babbling. Where's that come from? Right here. So all these people, one language, they're working, they're, they're, they're building their tower, their ziggurat to reach up into heaven, and suddenly God comes down and confuses their language, and no one can understand each other. So how did the people congregate? They congregated around people that they could understand. And then what happened? They spread out like God had intended them to. But look at uh, chapter 11, verse 10. These are the generations of Shem. Okay? So of Noah's three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth, he uh, the, the Messiah would come through the line of Shem. This is kind of where we get the word uh, Semitic from. I know it's, uh, uh, it sounds a little bit different. Uh, most of us here, being European, who would our father have been who got off the ark? Anybody know? Japheth, okay? Unless you're Middle Eastern or or, you know, Asian or African, you know, if, if you're Middle Eastern, most of us are sons of Japheth, okay? But, but notice, I'm not going to go through and read all these names, and you can all say amen to that, but in chapter uh, 11, 10 through 26, we see the line of Shem to Abram, and, and look at verse 26. And Terah lived 70 years and begot Abram, Nahor, and Haran, Okay? Abram is a very important person in the figure of, of the messianic line and in the figure of the world, in Judaism, in Islam, as well as Christianity. Uh, but Abram would later become Abraham, okay? So we're following this seed. We're following this seed all the way from, from Adam and Eve right now to Abraham, and God called Abram out of his homeland and from his family. Look at chapter 12. Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show you. And I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee, curse him that curses thee, and in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Now, over Churchwide Weekend, our speaker, Mark Mavar, mentioned the fact that when God told Abraham to get up and sacrifice his son, he said, go to a place that I will show you. What did he do? He got up and left. In, that, in, in, in chapter 12, same thing. Leave your country. 
and I'll tell you where to go. That's an interesting journey. You ever go on one of those journeys? Hey, let's go somewhere. Where are we going? I don't know. But that's how, you know, that's the faith that Abraham had in God. And that's the faith that God blessed, okay? And, and we don't always know where we're going, do we? I mean, we know, when we, all, we know ultimately where we're going, but a lot of times this journey takes us, uh, um, you know, to places we don't expect. I, I know it's not um, a, a very grand example, but, you know, a, a, a while back when, when we learned that the building that we were meeting in at Winneswam uh, was getting sold, we had to find a new location. We didn't know where we were going to be. Our journey took us only four miles away. But, uh, you know, but we went there early on and, and we're told, no, he didn't want. And then he called us back at the last minute. You know, God testing our faith, God coming through last minute and supplying us with the building. But imagine Abraham. Hey, Abraham, leave everybody. And I'm going to make of you a nation that is going to be so large. And in you, the whole world is going to be blessed. And of course, who is that in reference to? The Lord Jesus, the Messiah. So here is the prophecy. How is this fulfilled? Look at Hebrews chapter 2, please. So we follow the seed all the way to Abraham. And in Hebrews... Chapter 2, verse 16, the Bible says, For verily he took not on him the nature of angels, but he took on him the seed of Abraham. Okay? So, of course, uh, the book of Hebrews is the, the great theme of the book of Hebrews is Jesus is better than fill in the blank. Angels, Moses, Aaron, you know, on and on. And, and we're told that God the Son, Jesus, would come and become a man. And not only a man, but what are we told here? He would put on of the, uh, uh, took on him the seed of Abraham, right? So he would be that promised seed, but he would also be Jewish. So again, the reference to the singular seed, Jesus. Not the Jewish nation, but the Messiah, Jesus. Matthew chapter 1. I, I know I've made reference to this a few times, but in, in, um, uh, there is, is just a wonderful web page and... and and, and blog and, and Facebook page that I just so enjoy. It's called One for Israel. And so many times there's, it, it's all about Jewish people coming to faith. And friends, there are literally hundreds of Jewish people every day coming to faith in Christ. And all of these people, many of them, I won't say all of them, many of them say the same thing. They, they, they pick up a, a Bible for the first time and they read the New Testament and they can't get over the book of Matthew, the very first book they come to, and how Jewish it is. What does it start out with? The book of the generations of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. 
And this goes all the way uh, through verse 16, uh, where this is Joseph's genealogy, Jesus' adopted father. And and it's interesting from 1 to 17, and again, I'll I'll spare you uh, me reading those names, but this is Christ's genealogy from Abraham to him, to Jesus. He is the son of David. That makes him the king. He is the son of Abraham. That makes him the savior. That makes him the Messiah. Okay, so very important, this genealogy. But if you would turn to Luke chapter 3, where the other um, genealogy is mentioned. Now, why are there genealogies in only two of the four Gospels. I I heard somebody say one time that Matthew is the Gospel about the king, so a king needs to trace his lineage. Mark is the Gospel about Jesus the slave, Jesus the servant. No one cares about where a slave came from. No genealogy in Mark. Luke, the reoccurring phrase in in the gospel of Luke is the son of man so we we learn about the God man in Luke and uh, and what is so important about that it traces his genealogy all the way back to Adam okay and then John the seven I am statements John speaks of the deity of Christ There's no genealogy in John because God has no genealogy, okay? So I thought that was interesting when I I heard somebody explain that. But in Luke 3, 23 to 38, we have um, the genealogy of Jesus through his mother Mary. And if if it starts in verse 23, uh, where it says, and Jesus himself, began uh, to be about 30 years of age, being as was supposed the son of Joseph, okay? And, and again, being 30 years old was very significant in the Jewish culture to have a ministry. Prior to 30 years old, you either were preparing, but you weren't considered ready for the ministry, well-trained enough or even um, life experience enough to enter into the ministry at thir- until you were 30. So when Jesus was 30, he entered into his ministry. And the significant thing about this is this genealogy ends in verse 38. And notice, who did we learn about? Seth, Adam, God. So it takes us all the way back to the first man. And if you trace, uh, you know, if you look through all of this, you'll see Abraham's sons and, and, and Noah's sons and So Christ's genealogy from himself back to Adam. He's the son of man. He is the seed of the woman. Okay? So you could read Genesis 3.15 and say, well, that's interesting. I wonder what that means. But if you follow that teaching and that word, the seed, it takes us all the way to Jesus Christ. And we have the New Testament, right, the New Testament to make commentary on the Old Testament where Paul tells us in Galatians, 
Paul tells us in, in Hebrews that Jesus is the seed. He is the fulfillment of um, that great prophecy in Genesis 3.15, in Genesis 22, and uh, he is the one whom through all the nations of the world will be blessed, okay? Not Israel, but Jesus himself, okay? So I trust that this has been helpful and informative. Uh, next week we'll pick up uh, and, and we'll, we'll trace it through Adam, I'm sorry, Abraham's family.